Welcome to another episode of Failing Forward. I'm your host, Steve Hofsetter. Uh, that was a second take because I stumbled over the first one. Uh, very obvious. Uh, you failed forward right off the bat. I failed. I just failed on that one. But then you recovered. That's what makes it I forward. did. That's what the podcast is about. Uh, as always, uh, please like, share, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. And I'm joined here by Milana Weintraub, who hilarious comedian and actress. Um, you're someone who... Like, right when I first met you, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a nice person. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. I was like, this is like, because there's so many people in this business who aren't. Mm. And it was just like immediate where I'm like, oh, this is a, this is a good human. This is, hooray. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Same. Thank you. So, uh, it's the first time I've ever gotten that. So. <laughs> I actually feel like I mostly meet good people. And maybe it's because I have a selective memory where I just block out. Like that, um. Black Mirror episode where they just become like fuzzy and invisible to me. Yes, I love Black Mirror. Yeah, and that somehow happens in my actual vision where I just like no longer pay attention to those people, but also in my memory, I'm like, I mostly just meet good people. No, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I think (laughs) I think I meet a whole bunch of a a wide range of people, Um, and (laughs) and I have I have a thing where mostly I expect someone to be an asshole until they're not. Oh, I have the opposite. And so I wonder if you're a little bit seeing what you're looking for. It is possible. Um, but when I do meet a good person, I'm just like, you invite hey, them look onto at your that. podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, look at this nice thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's something where, and, and I've, I've joked with a buddy of mine about it, um, about the idea of it's a protective thing I do mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and it definitely limits me, but I also get disappointed less often. Because he's the same way you are, which is like he expects everybody to be great, and then so often they're not. I I expect people to be great, and when they're not, I don't think I get disappointed. I think I'm just like, well, you got more work to do, and until you do it, you're not invited back into my life. That's a nice approach. But I don't take it with me a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, the, the things that like rile me up or like heat me up are usually just like people being uh, radically insensitive or like uh, have a blind spot for the fact that people are human beings with backstories and bad days or bad histories, you know, trauma. And so like an insensitivity to humanity really yeah. pisses me off. But like you just being a little bit of like a selfish jerk is something that I can have compassion for and also not make my problem. Well, I I both appreciate that and I'm envious of it. Because I would like to be able to have that approach in life. Now, um, for those listening who are unfamiliar with your work, uh-huh. um, I assume most people just introduce you based on your commercial work. Just because that, that's it's, the thing that most people have seen. Yeah, right? it's probably – well, it is the most like nationally syndicated thing I've done. Yeah. It's yeah. enormous. So it was – how many – it was AT&T, right? Mm-hmm. How many commercials did you do? I don't know. I'd say uh, – I don't know, uh, upwards of thirty or forty. Okay, that's that's a big ballpark. That's yeah. a like that's something where a lot of people, a lot of commercial actors, don't do that many total for everything they do. And let not all alone... of them aired, but I genu- genuinely yeah. do not have an, a number answer. I'm not sure. I could no, no, as I said fine. that I, mean, I was like, still... am I? I don't. Know. But that, but that's the ball. I was looking for the ballpark. Yeah, I, I made commercials for them for about three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were basically. And it's it don't almost, say flow. 
No, no. I'm not oh my god, slow. that's what everyone says. No. You were like basically flow from Progressive, but for AT and T. No, that is that is someone who like just needs a starting point, doesn't understand. <laughs> the same way that like every review of my show that's there's ever been, mm-hmm. they've compared me to another comic, mm. and the comics range in the <laughs> dumbest ways. Because they're just like, here's a name I've heard of, (laughs) so I'll say that one. Yeah, it's a little bit of that. It's like, well, here's another woman who had a campaign. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how come no one compares me to the Fruit of the Loom guys? You know, remember those guys that were like, I was going to say you were the grapes. (laughs) I was the grapes. Yeah, you were totally the grapes. Man, I was. Do you think because they were underwear, do you think the grapes were supposed to be like the nuts? The grapes were the testicles for yeah. sure, but was there a banana? Probably not. Two it was on the not nose. A banana. Two oh, on the nose. Definitely two on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Fruit of the Loom really missed out. We're writing a Fruit of the Loom campaign now. <laughs> so, because we're in the failing downwards part, and we're looking for work. Exactly. Please, if Fruit of the Loom, if you're listening, <laughs> and I know you are. Sorry, Apple, you're out. It's just also Fruit of the Loom. What a weird name for an underwear company. It's the it's the thing that the loom makes. So like it's the cloth. It's the the product of a uh, cloth making. Thing. Sure, but it's but just... then to like lean into the fruit part instead of the loom part in your right. marketing, who was there in that boardroom? Like who had that conversation? What a commer- What about a commercial with just all the different parts of a loom? <laughs> I don't think people so know. So boring. Yeah, I don't think people <laughs> right. know what. That is. That's why we just act in the commercials and don't write them. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So you were the basically the as far as the layman was concerned, you were mm-hmm. kind of like the spokeswoman for AT and T. Yeah. I mean, I think I tried very hard to not ever be the spokesperson. Like, right. Um, I did not want my like photo in the stores, and I, which I lost out on. They talked me into that one and then I didn't want the thing I stood by is like I don't want my photo in magazines as like the AT&T girl I don't want any yeah. print I don't want any like cutouts I really tried to just be like can I please just be like a funny actress in the commercials right. and not be like the face of a brand you don't want to be the Verizon now Sprint guy no no and um, I also was you know, grouped in with that category of person. Right. Too. Well, it is another cell phone company. That's right. why I brought that one exactly. up. Exactly. And um, what's interesting, talking about a failing forward moment yeah. that I was thinking of while I, in the time between you invited me, inviting me here and now, was this time where when those commercials were ending, and, um, and I was fine with them ending, honestly. Six months in, I was like, how long can I do these for before I'm pigeonholed as this and never right. work as anything ever again? Like, how long do I have to do this before this is the peak of my career? And um, and people were like, now. Like, you got to get out now. And then wow. I did it for another two and a half years. Because they were so fun. Yeah. And I, I loved doing them. I loved the people I got to make them with. They were so much improv. The other actors they brought in were amazing. It was so joyful and lovely and also, like, paid for my life in a way that I had never seen or experienced in, in anybody else's life even. So it was really um, crazy and lovely I would do it again in a heartbeat but um but when it was ending there was a moment where they're like okay so now we're gonna pay you this non-compete because it was right around the time that that um other cell phone guy became a spokesperson for his competitors right and when I 
I mean, brilliant campaign, but holy crap, that guy can't do anything but sell cell phones. No, and also now he doesn't have to. True. Like he, I think he made the decision. And also, he wasn't doing anything else before he was doing those commercials, and he wasn't yeah. doing anything after in the gap between cell phone companies. So, like, he made that decision. He sat down with his partner and was like, okay, this is how I'm going to make a living now. I'm going to sell out in, right. in the, in, like, in sell out squared, you know, like, exponentially <laughs> sell out. And then. Like invest my money wisely and buy a house in Michigan and I, then chill. You know, I would love to find out that that guy was never even an actor. He was just like worked in a Verizon kiosk in a mall somewhere, and they were just like, "That's the look we want." I right mean, there. can we even call what he does acting? He kind of says the same words all the time. He's not a yeah. comedian. He's not, but he he for some reason has this likable essence, I guess, that yeah. keeps him coming back. Anyway, enough about him. I don't know him. I don't care about yeah, him. Yeah, we're just making the fun thing, of the guy that we don't know. That we don't know who's probably <laughs> lovely and has like made this life choice that is also totally paying off for him. Yeah. But when my campaign with AT&T was ending, he had just done that switch. And so I think AT&T was very afraid of me doing the same thing, which I would never do. Yeah, the Verizon job was open. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. And so I, so they were like, hey, we're going to give you this uh, sum of money so that you don't do any ads for these other cell phone companies. And I was like, I, I said two things that totally screwed me up um, in this one area. One yeah. is like, well, uh, I would never do that. I would never go to another company. And you guys have been so awesome to me. And I'm not a traitor. And also, like, every time I see that guy on TV, I'm mad at him. And I don't know why. So I'm never going to be that person. Yeah. And secondly, if I were to do another campaign, they would pay me so much more than what you guys are paying me to not take a campaign. So maybe you guys should just pay me that. <laughs> I, that was like my my bullshit negotiating was like, yeah. I, I'm a good person. I would never do this to you. But also pay me what they would pay me. And uh, and they're like, oh, you're right. You would never do this. So actually, we're just not going to pay you any kind of non-compete. Okay, bye. And then I just oh, wow. lost this uh, this paycheck. Well, the, those two things, those two points are really antithetical to each other. Yeah, I'm not a good business person, and I should have left all <laughs> debates and negotiations to people who are much smarter than me. But I, just, I, I, love that. I guess I have this like. Um, puritanical kind of approach to negotiation where I was like, why don't we, listen, you got the money and I've been good to you. Can you just do this? Because I'm probably never going to do another commercial again. Yeah. So can you guys just help me out in that front? And, uh, and I'll just continue. Yeah, yeah. Not how business works. And um, since then I've read a couple negotiation books that have really put me to shame. That's hilarious. Which is probably actually something that like actors should read. I, I love, I love the idea of you being like, well, I'll never do another commercial again, so don't <laughs> worry about it. But also, can I have more than you were offering? <laughs> yeah, it completely like, makes no sense. I looked a gift horse in the mouth. Is that the expression? A gift horse? Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. No, a gift horse when it's given to you. Yes. People who are listening to this podcast. Yeah. Also, don't look in horse mouths don't, unless you're trained. Disgusting. Have you yeah. seen their teeth? I have not. I've never looked a gift horse, a bought horse, a lent horse. <laughs> Rented horse, someone else's horse. I've a never looked. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but here's the incredible thing, and I've seen you reference 
the commercials on stage sometimes. Yeah. You know, I know you have bits about it. Yeah. And when you do, I see a moment in the audience where they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're not pigeonholed as that. You did those commercials for three years and somehow. Yeah. And I don't know if like your hair is different or whatever it is. My hair's different. My shirt's different. My hair's different. People are like, yep, that's not her. Yeah. It is. It's the Clark Kent Superman thing <laughs> where it's like a small, which is funny because I'm not wearing my glasses, which I usually do. Yeah. I totally didn't recognize you. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't even exist now. <laughs> the You somehow escaped that, which is incredible. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Way to go. It's it's very rare that I am recognized for it at all anymore. Yeah. That's it's great. Yeah. I you love it. you were able to get all the goodness that comes from it, which is basically the money and mm-hmm. the fun of doing it. So fun. Yeah. And none of the badness. Which is incredible. Yeah, I, I feel really lucky. Yeah, it would have just been nice to get the non compete money too. So I know, I think about it all the time. <laughs> but I wanna talk about uh I wanna talk about M T V though. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's fun to, you know, make you reminisce about a part of your life that I don't know if you like reminiscing about or not. Yeah, but... no, I think I, I think it was a good learning opportunity. Yeah. Um, I went through this uh, phase that I think all of us go through. It's the reason that you're a self-starter. It's the reason that so many people create their own content is that, like, just you get a little desperate. You're like, you know... Uh, desperation is the mother of invention. Hey. No. <laughs> it's necessity is the mother of invention. Not is it? Yeah. Is it? Now that is. But nece- also- like we always need work, but that's n- not enough of a driving force until we're desperate. Okay. I really think I, is it really that's always been the expression. Necessity, necessity is, is the mother, mother of invention. invention. I've always thought there's it was a desperation. Song from uh, th- there's a song from the Jungle Book. Really? Yeah. Oh no, that's bare necessities. Great. That's a different one. Okay, so okay. there's another song about no, necessities th- in the jungle. No, book? I was wrong about that. <laughs> I just confused necessity and yeah, bare necessities. But either way, um, I'm clearly not very well versed on my Jungle Book songs. <laughs> but uh, necessity is the mother of invention. All right, uh, and I'm trying to think of where there is a song. Necessity is the mother of invention. Okay, maybe we can I figure it out during the break. All right, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out at some point. Um, but I I had been at this point in my life where I was feeling um, like I was just asking people for like I was begging people for work that I didn't even really see myself doing. Where this I was is like, before the commercials. This is before the commercials. This is actually um, maybe two years before the commercials. And so I started maybe three years. I started making YouTube videos, mm-hmm. and my intention with those videos was always to um, sell it as a TV show. Uh, get great representation at the time I had little to no representation and um, to have HBO see it that was kind of like how I kept myself to a high bar was like I'm not trying to be a YouTuber which I think is actually like a brilliant move but was not right for me and I'm just trying to like get acting work thanks for that caveat by the way I I mean because there are a lot of people who have made very amazing like they have made themselves into giant brands they've made themselves into studios yeah by being YouTubers at a time where I was a little bit poo-pooing it and I was wrong to do that. So I was like, no, I just want to be an actor, so I'm going to use this as an opportunity to showcase myself. And um, and so that this little web series that I did, which was basically like a fake talk show yeah. uh, that me and another actress named Stevie Nelson did 
on her couch in her living room and I directed and edited them and um, we turned we after I got great representation which was one of the goals they were like this is a TV show why don't we take it out to MTV and I was like great and they bought it in the room which is so rare and I want to talk about that but it's time for a break. We're going to take a break. And All look right. up a song. We're going to take a break and look up Necessity is the Mother of Invention. Uh, come back right after this. Welcome back to Failing Forward. Of course, we are chatting with Milana Weintraub. It's so good to be back. And I know it's it was a long Google session <laughs> there. Where we both kind of gave up and we're like, no. Okay, yeah. we're both kind of wrong. Yeah. I don't get the reference that I referenced. Okay, bye. Yeah, I knew the phrase, but the song is not. The song, I think, is a thing I made up. <laughs> I think I made up the song. Anyway, uh, so you have this web series, and you sell it in the room. Yeah. yeah which we... is incredible. Never happens. The thing is, because the web series was improvised, loosely improvised, I mean, it was all improvised, but it was highly edited. So we would improvise for like an hour, and then release of three to five minute video. Oh, that must so, have been such a pain to edit. It was so hard, but we, because of that, we had like great little extras that we can release on a second channel and we had, yeah. we got to make a ton of content, but yes, it was, I would pull all-nighters weekly to finish editing this thing because I'm also not the fastest editor, but I am like a perfectionist about timing and I do this uh, thing called frame fucking where I'm like, oh, just one frame to the left, one frame to the right. Oh, she blinked. It's unusable, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, I yes, I worked my fucking ass off to edit these little fucking videos. And then we go to uh, pitch it. They buy it in the room. It's amazing. And then, oh, I was going to say, because it was improvised, we sold it to the unscripted department at MTV, which means that the executives from... 16 and pregnant were giving us comedy timing notes. Oh. And, and that show's funny, but not in the way they want it to be. Not in the way that I want it to be. Yeah. And um, and also, um, we had been making this web series for no money, for the cost of, like, the hard drive that it was stored on and pizza for our crew that would just hold cameras that were theirs. You know, we had no expense. And so... Um, when we were told what the budget was for our pilot, we were like, oh, my God, we're going to be able to do so much. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, no, we can't afford costumes. Can you bring in your own clothes? We can't afford wigs. We can't afford anything. And then to the point where they couldn't afford AC um, on the shoot day and our um, my, my co-star got heat stroke and had to be taken to the hospital and so we were like this is not how how is this the professional set like how is the professional set the one where people are dying from uh uninhabitable work conditions and the one that we did for no money and our couch just like turned out fine and got all of these views and was something that we were really proud of how is that legal i don't know i don't know i feel like that's a grievance dying of heat stroke yeah, <laughs> I feel like if you make it through that and don't actually die, that's a grievance. Yeah, I, I think they paid for her medical bills, but 
Oh, that sweet. was about it. Yeah, that was kind. I mean, yeah. but also like if they had just used that budget for AC, it would have been fine. Yeah. They could have just done that instead. Yeah, they probably could have saved a lot of money. And then also in an Another attempt phrase, to save- ounce of prevention equals a pound of cure. Yeah, the famous Rolling Stones song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what musical is that from? So um, also, you know, we, um, because I ha- because I'd been directing this web series, but I hadn't- directed TV before I wasn't allowed to direct the show so um, they gave us a director that they already had under contract so we had a director from Teen Wolf yeah um, which is a like a young adult soap opera about a sexy werewolf who plays lacrosse so it's the same as yours totally the same as our improvised fake awkward talk show and um and that person didn't understand any of the references that i was making and was just like lonely island and i was like it's just the big at the time it was like the the thing that goes viral every time they make anything no okay never mind so you know we didn't have we didn't have any comedy people on our team making this um except for the people that we were able to bring on and then um and then ultimately the pilot that we made was cut up into what they call interstitials, which was just going to be things that they put up in between commercials, which doesn't make any sense because it's literally just taking away from their commercial time, which is how they make money. So the whole time yeah. I was like, why are so they're so we're not making a show. OK, because the show is not good because it was noted to the point of death. And um, and the notes were also like, we like it. It's good. But can it just be like faster and less awkward and i was like have you seen the years of web content that we've made of this show that is slow and painful and awkward that you bought yeah and if you would like something that is fast and just has two quirky quippy girls then literally find anybody else but this is what we do and this is what you asked for so um so after all of the notes after finding out that the pilot wasn't going to go but maybe they were going to use clips of what we did as interstitials um then we were also we went into like negotiations of like of these interstitials which is a terrible brutal thing to go through and also i have already told you that i am bad at it so my my great reps that i did get from this web show um were like um basically so at the time they had offered us more money than i had ever made and i was very unemployed up until that point and had no money in my bank account so i was like this money is great and they're like it's not it doesn't matter because MTV is going to own you and you won't be able to work and also no one's going to see these interstitials. Yeah. And it's not going to do anything for your career. And so the fact that they like believed in me a little bit more than this paycheck was a real testament to them. That's yeah, that's good. That never happens. People always tell you that your agents are just like they're not, they don't think long term, you know? They just want the paycheck now and I think that's very not true for my agents who I am still with and love and appreciate a lot. And so um, so while we were doing this terrible negotiation and I was like, I would really like some money. And they're like, just wait. We're going to we're going to make something else happen for you. Don't do this. Yeah. I, um, I it was really painful for me to turn down any money, you know, that, at that that's, time. That's such a tough thing, because for them, they're calling you and telling you that from their office that right. they drove to in their car. That they have a salary from their from, home. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, but. 
what about the things that you yeah. have? Can I have those? Yeah, I was. I've been editing this in my studio apartment in Silver Lake that's located above a body shop. I've been smelling fumes for two years. I would really like to move, you know. That might be why you're bad at negotiation. Yeah, the just the damage to my brain. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the amazing thing about this, the happy ending to this story. Yeah. Is that I um, had been writing a show with um, my friend Liz at the time and uh, we were you know trying to figure out how to write a pilot we were trying to figure out how to make anything and um this was on a thursday i found out that the mtv show wasn't going in any way under any capacity and then um later and i remember this um, the reason i bring up writing with my friend liz is i remember leaving our writing session like kept keep stepping outside to take these calls so one call was that i didn't get the mtv thing and then like two hours later i got a call that they're like we do you remember that AT&T audition you went on? Well, they want you to come back for another callback. And um, it's it's just going to be another chemistry. And this at this point was like my third or fourth callback. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I've been doing the same thing in every callback. If they want it, can't they just cast me? And my agent was like, no, if you don't go in, they can't cast you. And I was like, but I'm writing a pilot now. <laughs> I'm a serious actor now. A serious professional. And um, so I was like, oh, right. But I could really use the day rate for AT&T, which is I think is like $800 for a union commercial if it doesn't air or something. But And I could yeah. really use that $800. So I, um, I left my friend and I went to this callback. And then the next day... I found out that I had booked the first AT&T commercial and at that time was only going to be the one. And again, I was just grateful for the for the rate because so many commercials don't air and you never know. So um, that was wonderful. And then later that day, I got a call that I had booked this job on Silicon Valley. And that was going to be two weeks worth of work. What a crazy And so it was just like this days. two days of like, you know, somehow the universe was like, don't worry about this AT&T thing. We got you. You mean the MTV thing? Uh, right. Don't worry about this MTV thing. Here's this little commercial that ended up like going viral and turning into a campaign. And then here's just like a, a small part where you play a lightly objectified woman on a very <laughs> successful show. And lightly objectified. Lightly objectified. You're just going to be like a woman who walks around a house full of men in a pink silk robe, totally normal and what all women do in a house full of men. And uh, and so like that was <laughs> that was kind of the watch the house full of men this fall on CBS. <laughs> yeah. And uh, lightly objectified right yeah. after that, a hidden camera show about women who dress like lamps. <laughs> and then um, and then there was uh, just uh, so anyway, it was just like a, a nice comfort. And it wasn't at all like the last time that I felt this kind of failing forward at all in my career. In fact, when I was preparing to be on the show, I was listening to Ben Glebe's episode and I'm and he's talking about all of these moments in his life where he's had success and then the realizations that have come from that and then the failure and like the almost more profound realizations that come from that. And I'm like, oh, I think we're just going to always keep having those. Yeah. I don't think that there is like a happy ending. Oh, great. And now I am done. I am a complete person and my career is always fulfilling me. Whereas like, no, I think we're always going to be in this roller coaster of opportunity comes to me easily. And oh, fuck, I need to make an opportunity for myself if I want to keep 
paying my rent or feeling fulfilled by this in any way. Yeah. It's and you know, one of the things that you said off air is the idea of thinking to yourself, Am I in one of those moments now? Yeah. And that's how can uh, you tell, right? Yeah. It's you can't. Um, but you just have to be happy with where things are and you have to be able to regroup. And you know, I mean I had a I had a thing earlier this year where, you know, my Facebook videos were all blowing up and my Facebook started being bigger than my YouTube. Hmm. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then they changed the algorithm and they fell off a cliff. Oh, no. And I was like, what, what do I do? And I was like, I was flailing forward. Mm. And <laughs> I like I was going on LinkedIn and trying to find people at Facebook to ask them. Mm. So I could be like, what do I do? Yeah. This just went, it like literally 10% of the views I was getting for the same content. Wow. And I just kept trying different things until I finally found something that worked with their new algorithm. And... Now I'm okay again. Wow. You know, and it's just a very weird, but like in the moment when it first, like when the videos first were starting taking off on Facebook, I'm like, okay, I'm good. This is it. Here's the tipping point. Mm -hmm. It's coming. And then it's like, no, it's not here again. I think the tipping point is a myth. Yeah. I think that very few people have like a, I don't know, like a Jennifer Lawrence or a Bradley Cooper kind of career. I think that everyone is hustling. We just don't see that part. We just like everyone's posting Instagram stories of the time that they're on set or at the time that they're on a jet. But no one is posting the time that they're like waking up at 6 a.m. to write before they have to go to their other you know, job. Like no one He's is such posting a good Instagram the Instagram account. Yeah, no one's posting the unsexy moments. That's what that Instagram is called, the unsexy moments. And yeah. it's just like the time where you're like at the gym because you're unhappy, or the time that you're like mercilessly scrolling through someone else's Instagram. Or yeah, or the you know? time that you didn't go to the gym because you're unhappy. Yeah. And you're just sitting there in your car eating a Cinnabon. Right. Like that's that's more true. Just the Cinnabon on your face. That's the Instagram. Unhappy moments. I feel like I'm, yeah, I've definitely posted things with a donut stuffed in my face. Yeah. Because it, it may, does make me feel better. So, I, you know, <laughs> what's the, the lesson? I always try to find the lesson. I think the lesson here is your agents were right in that, like, you don't need to compromise as much as you needed their rent check. And it's hard to say that to people because there are some people who, you don't know if there's going to be another opportunity the next day. I mean, that mm-hmm. is that's a crazy thing that it happened that way. Crazy. And, and yeah. it is difficult sometimes to go, okay, I, I, I have to hold out from this. This is the this is an opportunity, but it's not the opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a very difficult thing to do. But sometimes you need to, as long as you're being honest with yourself, that it's not like a lark that you're getting something. It's actually, like. Understanding that MTV offered you this because you're talented, not just because you happen to be lucky in the room. Which is a really hard thing to believe in yourself about, to just believe that like this this could happen again. Especially in a career where people do shine for a second and then disappear. I think that was that was a big part of my fear still is of like what. You know, you only know what your career is going to look like when you look back at it. And so when you're in it, you are often riding this wave of just buoyant optimism and faith where you're like, you know, this is my tipping point. This is it. And then also those lows where you're just like, you know, I think it's possible that my best moments were behind me. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so I guess it's just a, a state of mind that we have to control. Yeah, and the other lesson is if you're uh, buying something, know what you're buying. Cause like when TV execs pay you to not be you, it makes no mm-hmm. sense. Like it, yeah. you can't buy, oh, I bought these pants, why aren't you a shirt? Yeah. Like, well, cause I'm pants. Yeah. Uh, Milana, tell people where they can learn more about you. Uh, I am Milana, I am pants. <laughs> Good. I am pants at Twitter. No. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mint Milana, M I N T M I L A N A. Check her out, and uh, thanks for watching. As always, comment, subscribe, uh, share this with your friends. That's how this kind of stuff spreads. Thanks, everybody. Okay, I love you.